today on Laura Lynn and Friends. That was the basis of this. Um, and so they just will not see anything but what their lens tells them to see. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the beginning of the last days. My name is Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson and you know, one of my favorite things in the whole world is to be right here with you while chaos is going on around the world. Hopefully we're gonna, we're gonna hear a bit about the chaos today and later in the show we'll go over some of the latest things going on in Israel right now and uh, with uh, th this chaos that's breaking out and what we're basically seeing too is that a lot of infiltration has taken place in the United States and Canada into the universities. And what does that mean? What does that mean for our country? Not just what's going on in the Middle East. Uh, some people would say, you know, let's just leave what's going on over there, over there. But it's not just over there. It's actually in our streets and it's in the world at this hour. And so it's, it's important to be, you know, aware of what's happening. So as usual, I love to open the show by getting my dad's trusty Bible out and seeing what he had to say. It opened today very easily to Habakkuk 2. It just fell there. And it says in verse 1, my dad has underlined this. I only read what my dad's underlined and maybe once in a while I'll tell you. Well, he didn't underline this, but but it's important. But really, I only read what he underlined. It says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the water and will watch to see what he will say to me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. And verse 2, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision, make it plain upon tables, that he may run with it that reads it. So we, we know that second verse very well, that, that God says to write the vision down. But do we, do we see that first verse? I will stand. You know, it's pretty much all you can do right now. Uh, we're going to have to stand. Having done all, we stand. We just stand. We know what's right in our hearts. Uh, we see evil everywhere. We see that the enemy is taking foot, uh, a foothold on this uh, planet. But we trust God and we stand in his promises, in his word, in what he will do for us. And we're going to have to let go of everything else. I want to bring on very quickly, and at the end of the show, we're going to go through a whole bunch of very interesting things going on in the world. But we're going to talk about Canada right now. And um, the, the place that I want to focus on is a, a place that I love very, very much. And that's, you know, uh, Red Deer, Alberta. Red Deer is very dear to me. I ran a, um, an election campaign for a political party there, and I did my very best to share with these very conservative people. Red Deer is one of the most conservative places in the country, along with Winkler, uh, Manitoba, and uh, both two places I've spent some time in because these are salt-of-the-earth people. So it might surprise us that we've had a woman on before and what, what she basically is trying to fight is something terrible, uh, the sexualization of children. And what's really bizarre is that, um, that people that you think would be standing with her are not. And as of yesterday, she has basically been disqualified from her position on a Catholic school board, a Catholic school board. Let that sink in, everyone, uh, where she has been a trustee. Uh, she has served there for two years, and she is taking a stand against sexualizing kids, and apparently 
That's not acceptable. So we want to get this whole story. Monique LaGrange, thank you very much for being here with us. And we've had you on before because we were celebrating the stand that you were making. Maybe you can give us some background going from uh, what we spoke of the last time that you were on the show and what's happening in Red Deer and what's just happened to you. Yeah. Um, so last time I was on the show, um, we were talking about the meme that I had um, shared in a Facebook story. And so that meme brought a lot of attention to um, Red Deer Catholic. And so the meme was looking at, uh, so it said brainwashing is brainwashing and looking at the ideologies um, of the LGBTQ and then also looking at the ideologies of Nazi, the Nazis. So during Nazi Germany and um, looking at these two uh, belief systems, ideologies and understanding that young children, vulnerable children cannot make that decision to follow them with a, a clear thought. They just don't have the capacity to understand what they would be um, saying yes to or entering. And so that's where this all started right here on, on your show. That's what started part two. Wow. So, um, so then what happened? Yeah. And, and you were clearly trying to show something that a lot of people have said is that uh, you know, um, getting the next generation and sharing ideologies and, and actually sharing with young minds uh, ideas, concepts, and sometimes belief systems that are not shared by parents and are not shared by certain uh, sections of society. This is uh, what, what was intended, you know, back in the Nazi days as well. Um, they said, if you get the next generation, if you get a generation, then you can take the next further generations. So you had some thoughts on that and that all made sense to anyone with clear thinking. Then what happened? Yeah. Um, so there was a hearing and um, went through the hearing and the board brought some sanctions down on me. And so basically uh, they, they muzzled me to the point where the only thing I could do was go to the board meeting. And so there's one board meeting a month and so that's all i was allowed to go to and that's it um and so from there um they felt that i had um gone against their sanctions that i had violated their sanctions because um they had said that i came on the laura lynn show and i came representing um <laughs> representing uh red Deer catholic in a official capacity and so they were saying that um, that I should have been in a personal capacity. And so I, I was just like, are you kidding me? I was I was here representing myself in a personal capacity. I was not representing the board. And I don't think anybody thought I was there representing the board. So that was a big ordeal. Um, and then from there, um, we went to, um, they were upset that, um, like there was three things. And so that was the first one. Um, and then uh, just the fact that I was talking about the LGBTQ. And so in the sanctions, it was, I was not supposed to be talking about the LGBTQ community. And so when I think of community, I think of people. And so I don't talk about, you know, individual people. That's their choice. If they want to, if they want to have that lifestyle, that is completely their choice. And that's totally up to them. I was talking about the ideologies. 
And so there is a difference when we talk about between ideologies and people. And so, um, but they wouldn't hear of that. And so they could only see it through their lens. So they, they when I explain things to them, they can only see it through the, their lens. They can't see it, you know, a different way or possibly that they may not have the correct interpretation themselves. And so that's, that's where we ended up um, today. So they did not agree with the way I thought and saw things and my ideas. And so they just decided to get rid of me. And not only with that, because I'm, um, I'm an elected official, so there's parts of Red Deer, people in Red Deer that voted for me. So they have now silenced those people as well by taking me off the board. Wow. So, so it's, it's a very complex issue. And I can see by an article that went out that you also, uh, they talked about you on the news. Uh, this became kind of a, a really big deal. Um, and, and so the things that you've kind of uh, spoken out against, what are some of the things that they seem to take exception to you standing up for? What kind of values or ideals do they not like that you're sharing? Um, so again, they think that I am against LGBTQ people and I am not, and it doesn't matter what I say, they, they will not see it, uh, my way. And so they thought that I was comparing LGBTQ to Nazi Germany and I'm not, I'm not comparing no, people. You never did that. That's just ridiculous. And yeah. so that's. That's what they, that was the basis of this. Um, and so they just will not see anything but what their lens tells them mm -hmm. to see. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I don't even know if they heard anything I said. They only hear what their lens is allowing them to hear. Hmm. Okay. So as of yesterday, they then decide under uh, certain sections, I guess that you now um, will no, no longer be able to uh, be a, a school board trustee. Yeah, and so um, I'm going to bring up what exactly it is that they were, um, the, so it was the Education Act that they brought up. And so I'm just going to read that to you exactly. Um, what the disqualification was. And so it's, it says, be it resolved that further to the November 13th and 14th, 2023 in-camera discussions and after having carefully considered all the points raised therein and in accordance with board policy and the Education Act, Trustee LaGrange has violated sanctions issued on September 26th, 2023 and had further violated board policy and education act. As a result, trustee LaGrange is hereby disqualified under section 87 C of the education act and board policy from remaining as a school board trustee. The board will issue detailed reasons in support of this board motion on or before November 24th, 2023. So they made a motion to get rid of me basically is what happened. Um, yesterday and they they disqualified me through that through the education act 
Okay, so let's go through this just a, a little, a little slower. Um, your stand as a school trustee, you have spoken out against drag queens. Is that the, yeah. the case? Are you saying that the Catholic school has been having drag queens or was this at a different location? Uh, yeah, the Catholic school has not had drag queens. Okay. Um, but there have been drag queens in Red Deer, yeah. um, a public library. And so I have stood against those. Yes. And, and is that um, a problem for the Catholic school? Um, probably. I, I don't know for sure. We hadn't really gotten to that point on okay. discussing whether that was a problem. So I can't really speak to that. Um, but it was a problem for me as, as you know, a trustee and a parent, right? I, yeah. I don't want my children exposed to that at all. And so, um, and yeah. so there, uh, did yesterday's, um, where they dismissed you, does it all go back to the meme that they can't get past? I would say yes. And they wanted me to apologize and they had heard that I would not apologize. And my thinking is if you didn't do anything wrong, then why are you apologizing? And so I was not going to apologize and I was not going to be doing the re-education. They wanted me to be re-educated in, um, I guess, Nazi, um, the Nazi era, whatever. And um, they also wanted me to be re-educated in how to use social media. And they also wanted me to be re-educated in um, the LGBTQ. Okay. So, um, does, does, does the Catholic school not understand that children are being brainwashed and it's being shoved down our entire culture's throat about everywhere you go, there's a pride flag. We have to have pride month. We practically have pride year. We have a, we have our government bowing to the LGBTQ agenda. We have sexualized books that depict naked people, naked men, naked women uh, in homosexual acts that are being put into all of our schools. Um, I'm assuming they're not in the Catholic schools. Would you say that's fair? Um, I, so I think the softer, the softer books, uh, I think that's about the only way you can describe it. Softer, um, that maybe wouldn't have been acceptable previously. You might find them in Catholic schools. Um, I don't know about Red Deer Catholic, but um, I haven't researched that part uh, in Red Deer Catholic. Um, so, yeah, like this, are they aware? Um, I think there's a very small degree that they are aware, but I think they're, they think it's not happening here. And they think that, that everybody is on the same page with it's not happening here. Um, and they, it's, you know, to the point where I don't even know if they understand completely what it is that's happening because it's still very difficult for them to understand 
the difference between an agenda or and people. And so, because when we talk about ideology, the LGBTQ ideology, we're not talking specifically about, you know, each individual person that, you know, and so I think that when they talk about, when I talk about the agenda or um, the ideology, they think that I'm talking about the people and I'm not. I love all people. Um, I don't care what your lifestyle is. You are a child of God and I love people. So I would never wish anything harsh against anybody from any walk of life. And, uh, you know, and so when I talk about the agenda, you know, it's because I care about people and I can see where that agenda is coming from. And I can see the, the negativity in it and how it's going to negatively affect our children, our children's destinies, um, parents. And so I just, you know, it's looking out, it's protecting, it's protecting our kids. And they just don't have that understanding of where that agenda came from. Where did that ideology come from? Which is unfortunate. Um, does a school, because you're a school board trustee, does that mean that you cannot speak out on social justice issues? Uh, that you cannot speak out on the indoctrination that's happening in our nation? Would it not be even more apropos, but as a personal uh, person on your own Facebook, I mean, are they really stating that you can't have your own thoughts and what you put up, um, it's very sad that in Germany, the younger generation was literally um, indoctrinated into certain things. And you were making a comparison. Um, maybe they could have said they didn't like it. But a Catholic school strikes me as a place that goes by the word of God that would stand against homosexuality would stand against perversion. It would stand against marriage uh, or sex before marriage even. And a Catholic school, as a Christian school, um, should be standing up for biblical um, thoughts. Why are they so upset about this? Can you shed any light on this? Um, so one of the, the things that is constantly you know, repeated is that in the Bible, it says that God loves everybody and he does. Um, but, you know, when we talk about love, we also talk about, you know, for example, if I, I have children, so one of my children, you know, might, might really like the fire pit when we're outside and, you know, when they were young, they would go too close. And so because I love them, I pulled them back and wouldn't let them go in the fire because I knew they would get burnt and they would get hurt. And so I think that understanding of love, what love is and how that applies to loving everybody is a bit warped. So I don't think that it's completely understood biblical love and, you know, what they're thinking of. Um, but in love, there can be discipline, right? We love our children, but we'll, we're also going to make sure that, you know, they're with that we discipline the discipline them if they need to be right. Cause 100%. that's part of love. Is, um, are there, um, in, in the school in general, is it known that there are LGBTQ, uh, Q children there or transgender children? 
Um, I, I don't know. I personally don't know. Um, I think in the high schools, you'll see that more. Um, and so there are GSA groups in the high schools. Sorry, there's gay straight alliance groups in yeah. the, the high Catholic schools. high school? Yeah. There in are the Catholic in, high school? Yeah. in all, all high schools, all, whether they're Catholic or public. So, so that was but when from, you're part of a Catholic school board trustee, you're, you're a Catholic school. So this is just for Catholic schools, right? Or, or this one Catholic school? Well, so yes. So it's just for Catholic schools that, you know, if you're a Catholic school trustee, you're just, um, you're looking after just the Catholic school division. So, so. Catholic school boards, uh, Catholic schools, have gay straight alliance clubs in them yes they do um does a catholic school not ascribe to the the bible um they say that they do so <laughs> so. so so it's interesting because jt was just reminding me that josh alexander a young man yeah. who has really stood up for young women because his Catholic school was letting boys into the girls' bathroom who said that they were girls, which is, of course, unscientific, ungodly, and not something that a Catholic school, he thought, would be allowing. Is this yeah. the slow, disturbing compromise and slide into perversion and into really unholiness that is happening we're seeing it in christian schools as well so let's not just think it's catholic schools yeah. but you're uncovering monique something extraordinary and i'm i am shocked and i am appalled and very disturbed that a catholic school has gsa alliances and i'll tell you we had we had a mom on who was a very liberal mom and she had wanted her daughter to go to a GSA to just be friendly, to show compassion and kindness because, you know, can't we all just get along? And her 11-year-old daughter was exposed to dildos, was exposed to sexual uh, pictures, was exposed to s sexual uh, images and uh, play toys that were shocking. And this, you know, the... The daughter came home and explained to her mom, well, you said to go to the GSA. I mean, it's even the mom's idea or whatever. Like, let's all get along here. And this is what's yeah. going on. In these groups, led often by students or led by somebody who's a bit of um, maybe more of an activist, uh, some very dark things are coming out. Um, why would, Monique, you've been on the Catholic school board for a while, I think two years, right? Do years. they not have a strong stand against homosexuality and biblical sexual principles? Do they not stand up for biblical sexual principles? It says love everybody and that's what they stand on. And that's, you know, even though the way they're thinking about it, believing it is, is like a warped compassion. That's what they stand on. And so, you know, to, to look deeper than that, you're not going to, you're not going to find that, that solid base, that solid foundation. And, you know, it takes, it takes more than just going 
to a Catholic school or being a Catholic school teacher or being involved in a Catholic school to understand the biblical principles that need to be stood on. And, um, you know, I just, the teaching is not there. And, you know, I, do we blame the Catholic schools? I don't know. Um, I think it goes a bit further than that. It goes up the line. So they get all their direction from the Pope. And if you know anything about what the Pope is saying these days, right? They're just falling in line with what he says, right? I heard he's going to be the last Pope. I mean, my Catholic friends that that really love the Lord and love the Bible are pretty disturbed by the Pope. So uh, yeah. that could be problematic. But this is leading yeah. uh, this is leading into very ill repute the entire Catholic uh, school association. And you're trying to stand up for what's right. I'm appalled at the treatment to you as, as a good person. Do you have children um, in this school or I'm not, I'm not certain of your position. Yeah, I do. I have three kids. And hmm. so um, they are, yeah, I have my daughters in high school and then I have my two younger ones are in middle school. So, so yeah, we are right involved. You're right in the battle with it as a family. Yes. Very difficult, yeah. Monique. I understand that that would be very hard. I just, I can honestly say that uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of Sikhs even right now. The Sikh um, people are pulling their children out of um, high schools, public schools, and mass in British Columbia. And I can only say that the only way that we can make a stand for what's right is maybe we all have to make decisions. You know, sometimes in high school, your kids might make those decisions and they'll be smart enough. But uh, people might decide that the Catholic school is no longer the place, uh, as are some Christian schools. If you're not going, if you're literally going to have a gay straight alliance, I mean, the word says to come out from among them. The word says to have no, um, no association with evil, certainly in a place of learning. Uh, you're right. This is pure indoctrination. If you have a great gay straight alliance in your school, you are literally putting a stamp of approval on homosexuality, which is completely against the word of God. How, mm, how yeah. are you leading or governing or being a, a place to, to uphold the Christian standard in your community? Yeah. Yeah. And so that, so the gay straight alliances, they were forced into all schools uh, when the NDP uh, got in, um, I think what, four years ago they were in. And so, but the cleanup never really cleaned up. So they never really came out of, you know, as in when the UCP got in, they didn't remove the, the GSAs from the schools. And so it was established and it's, they've just left it. In your school, um, uh, are you, are you willing, is there a name of this school? Do you prefer, I don't want to get you in any more trouble, but I'll tell you yeah. that I would love to know names of the teachers and specifically the principal that the NDP is not in power. Are they? They're not. No. Why on earth? Would, a, would a, a Catholic school ascribing to the word of God be having a GSA that literally promotes homosexuality in, in a place where we're following the teachings uh, of the word, of the Bible, the Holy Bible? Yeah, right. I'm, I'm, it, yeah, it's it beyond me. Sense. But that's secularism, right? That's, it's crept in and 
It's, and it's brainwashing it's just, the next generation. And your school that you have had to stand, be the standard, you've exposed something very dark. And I'm very proud of you. I hope I'm not getting you in any more trouble because I've been a bit more vocal than I thought I would be. But I'm actually, I'm enraged on the inside. I have a righteous anger about uh, Catholic schools. They kicked Josh Alexander out of the school because he was saying, listen, why is a guy allowed to go in a girl's bathroom? So Catholic schools are getting a reputation of not defending young girls. Catholic schools are getting a reputation of being supportive of gay straight alliance groups that that, that should not be our place in society. We are supposed to be the salt and the light. We are to come out from all of that. And they're mm -hmm. not. And you're you're showing that and they are brainwashing children literally into thinking that that's okay. I don't know if they teach anything on gender or if they're just, oh, we love everyone. We're not going to speak out that people are, you know, our kids are being indoctrinated in our society, not just at school, but on television, everywhere you go, every, yeah. you know, everything that's being poured into all of our children's minds is telling them that gender fluidity is a thing, and it's not. It's unscientific, it's ungodly, it's unbiblical, and at least we thought that the Catholic Church would be standing up, and we've lost that. Yeah, yeah and, and it's not just, it doesn't just start at, you know, the school level. This is starting from the Pope down. If you look at some of the recent um, news posts on him, you know, what he's saying about it, it's, um, it would probably, you know, horrify you. So, um, yeah, it's, but this is, there's an agenda, right? There's always an agenda attached to, to these, um, world, one world order kind of things. So, um, the Catholic church. And so I would say it's more the, the leaders, the top leaders than, you know, your everyday parishioner. They just don't understand what's going on. And again, it's like, it's exposure. And so hopefully they will be exposed to the truth of what is actually going on in, in from the top down so that they can make um, decisions that will, will, you know, help each other and help the kids. So, but yeah, that's, um, every school is different. It's not like every school is equal, just like every Catholic church is different. They're not all equal. And you know, you just have to, you just have to be on top of what your kids are doing, what your kids are learning um, as a parent, and you have to be visible and you have to ask questions. And that's how we stay on top of this. And that's how we, you know, assert ourselves into these situations. Um, but, you know, like we, we can, we can make a difference as parents to go in and to make sure we know what's being told to our kids so that we can bring them home and, and de-brainwash them, you know, so. Well, yeah, now that you're hard. not on the, uh, not, now that you're not, oh my goodness, sorry, we've got something going on here. What is it? Okay. Is it phones? Oh, it's sorry, you guys, sorry. All our phones just went off. Um, it's an emergency broadcast. Test. It's a test. Jeez. Get used to that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no worries. Okay. Whew. All right. Um, so um, now that you're not on the, uh, the, the school trustee board any longer, um, 
I, I figure that you might be freer to speak and that I would challenge you. And I, I do pray this for you because I've had to do it myself. And that is Monique uh, to be even more vocal and to be louder and to speak the truth with more clarity and more passion than you've ever spoken it. I know the good people of Red Deer stand behind you. I know that there are a lot of people. This is a very conservative area that stands behind biblical principles. We have lost that in our nation. And if we do not stand up, then we lose the next generation, which is exactly, exactly like the meme that you put up. And yeah. unfortunately, in their error and their ignorance, I would have to say, and, and also their compromise, they are leading the next generation through having GSAs, through, through being the Catholic uh, compromise community. Very sad. And I have taken to task the Christian community as being compromisers as well. Because when we have churches that are now, um, you know, openly, uh, one pastor recently, he interviewed, you know, a, a gay couple. I mean, if we're going to totally embrace all of this, we've lost the standard. We've lost the biblical standard that God intended us to have. And I guess that might be why our nation of Canada is certainly under judgment. It's one of the many reasons that we're under judgment right now. And so I'm just, I'm so proud of you and I hope that you'll get louder. Are you going to be facing any more court um, decisions or are you take, are you going to file any claims against them? Yeah, so we are doing a judicial review of the sanctions. And so that will be for both hearings. Um, so we're moving forward with that. So, but I am freer to speak, obviously, and um, thank goodness. Yes, thank goodness. Um, you're on the right side of history for what is right and true and correct. And I'm very, uh, I'm shocked at the compromise of the Catholic Church and the Christian churches. And it's not all of them, by the way, right? There's right. some Catholic right. churches. I love, uh, you guys have a um, an incredible priest. I love him. And he he is always standing up and he stands against the Pope. Um, do you know who I'm talking about, JT? You always know he's the Catholic priest and he has a long garment and he really preaches good. I love him. And he, he gives me hope for, for everything. But we have uh, lots of churches, like the people that I run with, uh, we stand, we uphold the godly biblical value of this book right here. And we do not compromise, lest if we compromise, we lose everything. We lose our position. Um, the Lord said that he wanted in Revelations that he wants... Uh, um, us to be hot or cold, or he will spew us out of his mouth. That's your Bible, Catholics, right? And yeah. and yeah. the Bible also says that the on the list of people who go to hell, can I tell you something very shocking? It's not the murderers. It's not the adulterers. On the list of those who don't make it to heaven, those who face eternal damnation, it's the cowards, the cowards. We cannot afford to be cowards. And you are not a coward, Monique. Thank you for upholding the standard. I'm shocked and appalled. And I think that a lot of people, a lot of Catholics watch my show. And I think that they feel a moment of sadness right now too. Hey, if you're Catholic, start bearing the standard. And if you're in leadership, bear the standard. And if you can go to leadership, to your priest, to your school board trustees for the Catholic schools, let them know that you want the standard upheld because we're losing our country. It's going to hell in a handbasket, and that is not an exaggeration. We are losing the next generation. 
to indoctrination and to brainwashing. And you're pointing it out, Monique, and you're doing a good job of it. Thank you. Do you have any final word? You, I mean, you said it right there. It's, it's all about, you know, taking that action step. Um, there are so many great Catholics uh, out there and there's so many great Catholic churches. And so it's time to make that stand. It's time to say you're not going to put up with it anymore and that you want biblical in, in the schools. And um, yeah, it's time to make act, take that action step. It's numbers. It's numbers that matter. That's what makes a difference in the political world is numbers. So stand, show your school boards that there's, you know, many of you and they'll start listening to that. So it's up to, it's up to us, the public, the parents. So thank you. Thank you so thank much. You, so much for you are very thank welcome. You. you are welcome here anytime. And when you, you know, something new is happening, please let us know. Uh, we consider you for a friend. Sure. And we're very supportive and a lot of people praying for you and very grateful for your courage. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So I, I get more and more disturbed every single day about what is happening in our country and why people cannot just stand up for what's right. It's absolutely horrifying. We've been through all of the lies uh, pertaining to the last three years, everything that we went through, uh, you know, with respect to... Uh, the the tyranny and the indoctrination and the brainwashing and the propaganda um, of everything we went through with respect to what happened three years ago. And I don't want to get siphoned on our channel right now, but um, in lieu of that, um, or in light of that, I'd like to actually play one clip before we go to our next guests. And that is from Senator Ron Johnson displaying a chart showing the safety of, what do you know, hydroxychloroquine, and ivermectin take a look um i've held a number of other public events like you're doing here today and always the focus has been on the vaccine injured because they deserve to be seen and heard and believed because they deserve treatment but no matter what percent of doses result in an injury we can't ignore the plight of the vaccine injured so again i re really appreciate you uh doing this I do have a chart that I've, that's been censored a number of times. I don't know if you can get it up behind me. Um, th this is CDC and FDA's own numbers, and yet, you know, th through the, all the social media censorship directed by, unconstitutionally directed by uh, the Biden administration, uh, people just don't want to see this. But th these are the, these are the true numbers. The first five drugs that are uh, listed here. This is over 28 years. A reporting on the VAER system and the FAIR system, the FDA adverse event reporting system. Uh, you can see ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are, are pretty safe drugs, as, as is dexamethasone. Um, the, the two drugs below, this is since the COVID uh, pandemic, remdesivir and the COVID vaccines. Now, I don't know how anybody can take a look at our response to COVID and, and not claim it was anything but a miserable failure. We're, 4% of the world's population, we experienced supposedly 16% of the deaths. Uh, the VAERS system on the COVID vaccines alone, 1.6 million adverse events. Wow. You know, um, in order to get information like that out, we've had to go through being, you know, completely shadow banned, uh, losing channels, all kinds of things. And finally, we're able to talk about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. 
Now, it might surprise you, but these are drugs that you can get in Mexico or Costa Rica uh, right off of the, you can go to your pharmacy and get these drugs. And yet in Canada and in the United States, doctors were ordered not to give this to anybody. We have had Dr. Uh, Brian Artis on this show, his father-in-law murdered by remdesivir. And he has all of the facts on that. Remdesivir is something that in the Surrey Hospital here in British Columbia, they finally stopped giving. I hope that they're not giving it to anyone. And in fact, for all of you, if anything happens and they start trying to tell you that your loved one or yourself needs to go on remdesivir, do not do it. This drug has killed a lot of people. You can see that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin are safe drugs. Finally, we're allowed to talk about it. You can't believe any of the mainstream media narrative, quite frankly. And all of this, uh, you know, every drama that's going on in the planet, unfortunately, we have to start getting our information from um, private uh, sources, maybe, you know, um, you know, alternate, alternative media such as myself who tell the truth and search out. You know, when they started banning the doctors for speaking about hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and then all of this bad stuff started coming out, that's when I knew there must be something more to this. And that's how I discovered you know, Dr. Uh, Peter McCullough and the other ones that started early on highlighting, we've got a problem here. Why are we not telling the truth? Dr. Corey, Pierre Corey, the, what that man went through, he's crying on, he's crying on the camera saying, I can't kill one more person. You won't let them, you won't let me give them ivermectin. I mean, what was wrong with what just happened to us? And now it's becoming very, very clear uh, that we've been lied to. It, it seems to have been an, an agenda that maybe maybe people just wanted to make money by pushing, uh, you know, the, the shots. Maybe. Maybe that's it. I don't know. But it's been evil. It's been horrendous. You know, people have made choices and decisions in life to make a complete and utter change. And I wanted today to bring to you an amazing family. This is a family that saw all of the things that were going on and Jen and Willie Williamson, they are a family of four. Now listen to what they did. It's absolutely astounding. And I know, I know more and more people who are now beginning to do this, which is super cool um, because it takes courage and it, it takes a, a lot of strength and guts to be able to do that. They sold everything they owned in the United States and they moved to Costa Rica. Introducing the Williams family, Willie uh, he is a retired naval pilot. Jen, his wife, will be with him. She is a realtor. Zoe, she's a YouTuber. And uh, Zach, who is a computer programmer, that's their two children, absolutely stunning people. They are an amazing family. Uh, they love the Lord. They're carving a unique path and a different way to live in what we uh, you know, see as paradise, actually, when we look over there. So welcome, everybody. I think we're going to have two separate screens going on. Hi there. Good to see you guys. How, how are you in Costa Rica today? Great. It's nice to see you as well, Laura Lynn. Good. Thank is you it, for having me here. You are so welcome. Is it hot there? Is it a sunny day or is it rainy season? What is it over there? We're ending rainy season right now. It's a beautiful hot day. Nice. That's awesome. I'm getting some feedback. Are you, JT, just a little bit on the the uh, thing it's okay we'll just we'll just uh, we'll we'll let you um, talk and hopefully we don't have a, a ringing back um, so Willie and Jen tell me your story Willie you're a naval 
a pilot, retired naval pilot. That must have been fascinating. And so was that in the United States serving there? Yes, correct. Uh, I spent just over 20 years in the military and I retired out of the Norfolk area where we created a home and uh, stayed there, raised the kids there. They had a great, a great schooling system and stuff. So we raised them there. And uh, we were very blessed because we worked really hard and we, I guess you could say we attained the American dream. Uh, we had all of the, the fun stuff, everything that you're supposed to have, uh, the yacht club and the beautiful home and the boats and jet skis and all that. And so we, we really reached the pinnacle of, of what we were striving to attain. And then I think we sort of had the realization, things started to get a little more in focus about the reality of the world that we were living in. And so we started to see and understand so many things on a different level. And that included just realizing that the air that we breathe is poisoned, the water that we drink was poisoned, the food was poisoned, our minds were being poisoned constantly from the, the propaganda, the news and all this stuff. And we felt it was time to, to do something different and to, to sort of realign ourselves in, in a way that was authentic to who we were and the way that we want to live. Wow. So did you, did Willie, did yourself and Jen, your beautiful wife there, did you begin um, to talk amongst each other and say, well, what can we do? Like, what made you think, let's sell everything and move to Costa Rica? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, we had, we were so entrenched in our community. Um, I was a real estate investor, so I had a multitude of, of properties that I owned, rental properties, and I also did a lot of remodeling and, and uh, flipped houses and things like that. And uh, so it was not an easy decision, but I did a deep dive on uh, essentially around the world, just studying the different cultures, the different governments, monetary systems, uh, the ability to grow food, uh, the weather, so many different things and started to narrow it down. And I kept coming back to Costa Rica. And uh, so Jen and I came out, we did a visit together. I used to do uh, several surf trips here through the years. So I was familiar with it, but Jen came down and we both just looked at it through different lenses. Like, could we live here? And we both just felt so at peace and so at ease. It's a very different environment here. So we fell in love with it and decided to move. Wow. So Jen, tell me about um, your feeling, like as a woman having a successful life with, with everything that God had granted your family, successful business and your husband just having you know, an incredible uh, background, uh, being a naval pilot and all of that, like, was that scary to think that you would leave all of that? And, and what compelled you to sell everything and move there? Yeah, it's a oh, great question. Um, so first of all, you know, we kind of had the American dream. And then I remember just looking around and being like, hmm, so I'm going to do this for the next right and, and um, a part of me just loves adventure craves adventure and um, we were both open for it and you know we I think we were ready and I actually really believe that we were called to this area because um, all of us all four of us have been happier so um, 
called. See, that is something that I heard numerous times when I recently visited Costa Rica. I heard numerous people saying, I felt called here. I'm also hearing another group of people um, moving to Mexico feeling called. And also, strangely enough, Texas keeps coming up. Um, so the calling, like as if that God literally was saying, take this chance and go. Oh, I know that. I, I know that. He just has opened up so many doors for us and he's closed the doors that he did not want us to go through. And um, I can say, honestly, we have the most amazing community, the most amazing church that we've ever had. And I know, I know that the world is going crazy and I pray for the world and we do live in a bubble here and it's, it's beautiful and it's sunny and you know, we have it, like I said, an incredible church community and it, we just live, we're living our best life. We kind of joke and say that we're living our best life in the zombie apocalypse. Our kids are thriving and um, yeah, it's been, it's been okay, amazing. And I, and I do want to talk to Zoe and Zach, but just before I do, when you say that you're living in a bubble, um, do you mean like you feel like a protected bubble um, as in, no, the, some of the things that bombarded you in the United States, that's not a factor there. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's its not. And also, we've really shed the consumerism. Um, there's not this need for, for more. And, um, and in ways, that's really freeing to um, just live a simpler life. And I mean, we still love great restaurants and nice things, but we just don't have this need to consume. It's more about experiences and adventure. That is so awesome. Okay, let's bring on Zoe, uh, the young YouTuber, and uh, and Zach, a computer programmer. So um, Zoe and Zach, tell me, let's start with Zoe girls first. Um, what it's like th that you were uprooted from your home in the United States to come to Costa Rica. What do you think about it? I was ready. I'm extremely ready. I feel like it's funny because when we move, people ask, they're like, how about all of your stuff? And I was really surprised how surrendered I was to just sell everything I own and move here. And I felt that the Lord just really yours and put peace in my heart with that. And I love it here. And this is home for me. That is so fantastic. And um, yeah, you're right. Like to, to just kind of have a piece about it all. Has it been about two years now, Zoe? Oh, two and a half. Okay. And we're having some problems a little bit with your internet there. I think that you're in a different part of the house from your mom and dad. I don't know if you should all run over because yours is breaking up just a bit. Let's try, uh, Zach, what do you think you get to learn your computer programming and do all the stuff that you love to do still there? Yeah, it worked out for me because in 2020, making the career shift for and started learning just to do some freelance work with WordPress. And it was an easy decision for me to move here because I already love And so I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm on board. I, I want to travel. I want to surf and move to a foreign country. And so I built a routine here where I've just been learning, studying, also working with clients and building my own projects as well. So okay. 
Right. Now you kind of mentioned surfing. Like, so do you guys, like, do you live near the surf? Are you able to go out surfing periodically? Yeah, I go almost every day when it's good. I was out there like an hour ago. Um, oh. So yeah, the beach is like five minutes away from where we are right now. So it's, now, it's really fun. <laughs> and those, yeah, those beaches are stunning, right? So, yeah. so, um, Zoe, do, do you love it? Are you enjoying the culture? Do you have friends there? Like, is there other people that you can associate with and stuff as young people? Yeah, definitely. Like my mom mentioned, we have an incredible church. And yeah, a city over, there's a little youth there as well. So just looking to get more involved in. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and Zoe, uh, you're, you're a YouTuber. So you like to, you, you talk about the journey. You kind of made a whole YouTube channel out of following, um, the journey of your parents and your family to Costa Rica, right? Correct. Yeah. So about two and a half years ago, we sold everything and it's a pretty cool experience. So I wanted to document the process and I posted on YouTube. And I guess it caught some interest. Some people video turned into the next, the next full on channel. And now we help people from around the world move to this beautiful country. That is amazing. That's amazing. Um, so if people want to follow you, uh, do you ever talk to Zach on your, on your show? Is Zach part of your, your clan there? <laughs> yeah. So my entire family just, it's really fun because the is it's very candid it's not staged at all it's just capturing everyday life and i think people really relationship part of it too like they feel like they're hanging out with our family right like a reality show in a way and and you really did you know you really captured sort of the move and what it takes and now you guys help people to do that so um uh let us know like where people can follow you then zoe like um on YouTube. Yeah, so my YouTube channel is my name, Zoe Williamson. And I'm also on Instagram, the Zoe Williamson. That's okay. My on Instagram as well. So let me talk to um back to, to Willie and Jen. Um are you also are you involved in like do you think that the journey that you've made is worth sharing with others and that this might be this might be like a dream come true for others who are maybe feeling this same bombardment uh, that you were talking about, the things that you went through in, in the U.S.? Absolutely. We're, we are in contact with people from around the world that are wanting to do this. As a matter of fact, today I just bumped into two sets of people that we helped move here. And um, it's just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see them integrated into our community and raising their families here and loving life. And so Willie, where might we send people who are going, you know what, like after this show today, I mean, we know what we're facing. Uh, people might say, maybe this is the answer. We'd like our kids to be in the surf and in the water, enjoying life a little bit more than having to deal with, you know, some of the propaganda. Um, where would they get in touch with you, uh, Jen and Willie? 
So yeah, so great point, Laura Lynn. I mean, as it feels sometimes like the world is melting down around us, but like Jen said, we're in a bubble. That it's perfect here. It's sunny. The plants are growing. Bananas are everywhere. I mean, it's truly paradise. And uh, but we would we would love to help people. People like like Zoe and Jen said, calling from all over the world. So um, best way to get in touch with me is probably through Zoe because she's the most out there. I do have an Instagram channel called the Willie Williamson, uh, but I'm not super active on that. Uh, yeah. Jen's super active on hers. What's your, your Instagram? The, the, who am I? The, the Jen Williamson. The Jen Williamson. Okay, the I like Jen it. Williamson. Yeah. Zoe Williamson. Our names were taken, so we had to put the the in there. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, that's a good way to to capitalize on your name and still get it because there's, you know, so many – Everyone's, I know I've had a hard, I, I was so proud because when I got my, um, when I got my, uh, website, I was able to get laurelin.tv and no one had .tv and years later, .tv is pretty popular, but I thought, wow, this is so cool. But it, it's because it was some really tiny little outfit that was doing the .tv and now, so now I get to be my name, but in any case, that's wonderful. Um, Final word then uh, from yourselves. Can you can uh, you just share your heart? There must have been some challenges. I'm thinking in in getting there as well, but it is an option. It truly is a real option for people because God made a very big world, and sometimes places in the world get taken over by literally very bad dark, evil forces. And you have, I, I mean, my understanding of Costa Rica, it's very largely Catholic and Christian. And, uh, and so it is kind of this bubble, but any challenges you faced and just sort of um, let us know anything you want to uh, share before we let you go. I'll, I'll start by saying that I firmly believe the only limitations that we have in our life are the ones that we place upon ourselves. And so it was important for my family and I to be the change that we wanted to see in the world. We don't have to wait for people to tell us it's okay. We, we make our own decisions and we decided to live life in a different way, in a beautiful way. And uh, we've stepped into that, we've embraced it. It hasn't been all super easy and Zoe's channel is very authentic and documenting everything that we've been through. But at the end of the day, this has been life-changing in so many ways and the truth is, I don't think I, I have no desire to go back. This is my new home. I absolutely love it here. And uh, I'm just really excited to see what the next few years bring. Hmm. What about you, Jen? I, I would say, and I tell this to people all the time, like this gets to be a really empowered move. I think that that's, that's really the big thing because I have people that reach out to me that are scared. You know, they're, they're in their countries and they're not liking what they're seeing and they're scared. And I don't think it's good to make decisions out of fear. Um, I feel like just pray about it, see if you're led here, and make an empowered decision. I think that's really, really, really important. Um, also, learning Spanish ahead of time helps. We're we're still learning, um, but it's it's beautiful. I mean, it's if you're willing to grow and get out of your comfort zone and explore, it's just there's a whole nother world out there that we didn't even know existed. And it's been an absolute blessing for us to have been on this journey. 
That is beautiful. And actually, you've been able to make it into a place that you can work because you're a realtor as well, I understand. For almost 20 years in the States. So it was it was easy to, I thought I was retired and people kept reaching out to us. So I ended up getting my license and it's just, it's beautiful. I mean, our clients are our friends and we just, we live a really nice life. It's been fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's also neat because where we lived back home, we felt like nobody knew what we knew. Like they didn't see it because this was also two and a half years ago. And I remember getting here and, and Willie says, I feel so normal here. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. We are surrounded by people who see clearly mm -hmm. everything that we saw. And so it's been refreshing to to uh, get that sort of confirmation again from people from all over the world coming here uh, with the same value system, trying to to peacefully realign into something that's authentic to them as well. Hmm. So it, it is really an, an astounding thing uh, that your family has done. Zoe and Zach, uh, Zoe, you cataloged then some of the difficulties probably sounds like your dad alluded to that, you know, you made, it was a very authentic posting of some of the difficulties. Um, but do you like, how do you feel now? So you're living there every day. Uh, are you bored of the, the sunshine and beaches? Like what, what's your general sense living there? Oh, I, I will never get bored of Costa Rica. I feel like there's so many things to do here. I mean, there's beautiful wildlife and plants and fun restaurants. And I mean, it's kind of like living in summer every single day. You get summer. I guess some people might, but I never do. So I love it here. <laughs> that is awesome. Zach, are you going to get bored of the surf and all of that? No, yeah, not at all. I'm, I'm on the same page. I love living here. I feel like this is where our home is. Every time people ask that question, like, how, how is it living in there right now? And I'd say right now is the best time of my entire um, Just like with my health and with my fitness and exercising and just community as well. I've never felt so established and just insecure where I'm, where I'm at right now in the world. Wow. Well, I just thank all of you for sharing your journey. Um, I have a personal love and affection for Costa Rica from being there. And when I heard of your story and, and how you guys just sort of um, have, you know, you've, you've cataloged it on Zoe's channel. And then uh, you've moved into that beautiful little place, Uvida, that I love so much. And you attend a church there that I've been to. And, um, and I, just, I just think it's wonderful. And I love on this show expanding my audience's mind to, to think that we're, we're sometimes we limit ourselves. Willie, that was so beautiful what you said. That the only limits that we have on ourselves is what we put on ourselves. That... God is a big God with a big world. And if there's any possible way for us to just live that abundant life, you know, above and beyond all we could ask or dream, like the Lord promises, you know, um, it, it's a, just a terrific thing to be able to do that. So I just value that. Thank you, you guys, for being on with us. And uh, we're going to check you out, Zoe, on your YouTube channel. And Zach, we hope you say hi to everyone when you do that. And continue to tell us about your journey. And best to you, Jen and Willie, in your journeys. And anybody maybe that is looking to purchase real estate as well could contact you, Jen. 
and uh, you would show them you would show them the world. So I bless you in that. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I bless you for doing the work that you're doing. It's really, really important. Thank you. You're doing a great job. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate it. It's mm -hmm. a bit of a tough go as well for us, <laughs> but, but I do love what I do. And uh, I especially love when I get to be there uh, in the sunshine. That is a real treat for me. And maybe my retirement years will be spent with y'all. So I'll see you then. All right. God like bless that. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Willie. Thanks, Jen, Zach, Zoe. Well, isn't that adorable? Aren't they a great family? So I just love seeing that. And I, I, I like that people take chances. You know, in my life, I'm a little bit of a, a risk taker naturally, and some people aren't. And I just know that my husband wouldn't have had any fun in life at all, right, hun? If I hadn't been along for the journey, you'd still be living in your apartment next to the SkyTrain, right? <laughs> all right. You probably would. Like, I'm the one that goes, hey, what about this? What about that? Why don't we do this? You know, JT's just like, steady, Eddie. Like, let's just do the same thing forever and hope that, that we survive. His biggest fear used to be, he said, I always worry that I'm going to die penniless under a bridge. I mean, that was his serious fear, right? And I came along and I just laughed at that. And I said, you know, you're not going to die you know, homeless and alone under a bridge, I'll be there with you. So anyways, I'm just kidding. <laughs> ah, but I just think that, you know, if we can kind of embrace life and see what God's saying, I, did you hear very carefully uh, what Jen said? She said that they felt it was a calling. And so I think that's important. I don't think God calls everyone to do this kind of move, but if he does call you, uh, be open to it see what he's saying. Make sure you take a trip down there. And we'd be happy to, you know, if you're going down to Costa Rica, then let us know. Make sure that you connect with Jen and Willie and Zoe and Zach, and, and um, you'll have friends immediately. Of course, we've uh, featured Mark on the show as well. And Toby, my wonderful, uh, you know, producer here that helps us to get all the great guests all the time. Toby knows these uh, wonderful people, and they are in Costa Rica. So, um, you won't be alone if you go down there. Not if you're a friend of this show. It'll be absolutely fantastic. I have a few things I want to show you. Um, first of all, video of uh, Trudeau being run out of a Vancouver Chinatown restaurant by the uh, pro Hamas people. Take a look. Fire now! <laughs> look at the look on his face. It's like, I can't catch a break anywhere. Everyone hates me. You know? I mean, if it's not one side of humanity, it's the other side, right, JT? So it's just pretty hysterical. Uh, all right. And so 100 Vancouver police uh, are sent after the pro Palestinian uh, protesters surround Trudeau in a restaurant. And then, uh, okay, you wanted me to then show, go back, right? Okay, so we go back, and up here, well, then there's another side, uh, Jesse Klein. Justin Trudeau just can't stop appeasing Israel's enemies. So so on the one hand, hand the pro-Palestinians and those that are, you know, basically have turned their back on Israel in spite of the horrendous attack that they 
they got on October 7th. Um, you know, uh, these guys are upset because Justin Trudeau is feeding and appeasing Israel's enemies, so they say. So he really can't, you know, get a break anywhere. And then also, um, so Benjamin Netanyahu has also taken a real um, swipe out of Justin Trudeau. Oh, make it bigger here. Okay, let me see. So this is Benjamin Netanyahu, basically, because Justin Trudeau is calling for a ceasefire. So I just want to ask all of you, uh, what, what do you think will happen if uh, there's a ceasefire? Like, what do you think will actually happen? Let me tell you, Hamas will regroup, rearm, and get ready to refire. That's what I think. Uh, these are psychopathic terrorists. So it is not Israel that is deliberately targeting civilians, but Hamas that beheaded, burned, and massacred civilians in the worst horrors perpetrated on Jews since the Holocaust. While Israel is doing everything to keep civilians out of harm's way, Hamas is doing everything to keep them in harm's way. Absolutely. We've talked about this on the show. We've shown you video. Israel provides... So, uh, civilians in Gaza, humanitarian corridors and safe zones. They have tried to get every last civilian out of Gaza, many not leaving. Hamas prevents them from leaving at gunpoint. Those who wanted to leave, Hamas stood in their path, prevented them from leaving Gaza. It is Hamas, not Israel, that should be held accountable for committing a double war crime, targeting civilians while hiding behind civilians. Exactly. The forces of civilization must back Israel in defeating Hamas barbarism. Barbarism. 100%. Thank you for helping me with my wordage, JT. Um, okay, so um, we have a video of former Labour Party leader, um, Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, which is like the, this is like, this is a group that that would be like the Canadian NDP. And he's asked point blank if Hamas is a terrorist organization. Take a look. Can we have a discussion? Can you call them a terrorist? Can we have a discussion? Can you call them a terrorist? Is it possible to have a rational discussion with you? Are you prepared you? to call is Hamas a have, terror group? Is it possible to have a rational you discussion can't, can with you? you? Is it possible? Come on, answer that you question. Can't, can you, you answer it? No, it's my okay. show. You answer my question. Well, are, Hamas, you are, the, are Hamas a terror group? Listen, can I... Are they a terror group? Piers, can I speak? Answer the question. Can I speak? Are they a terror group? Piers, Piers no, you let then, me, no. If you let me speak... Are I'll they say, a terror group? If you'll let me speak, Piers. I'll say something. Go on, then. A ceasefire means both sides. You said that. Oh, Are they a terror goodness. group? Listen, I said that because Are they that a terror group? part of the process. Are they a terror and group? The will can we go Why can't you say it? Piers, can we go through what ought to be happening? Just answer my question. Why do you think Are Hamas a terror nations group? in the world are calling for a ceasefire? Are Hamas a terror group? Come on, answer that. Give are, it to me. No, You've it's got not so many, your show. You've got so many opinions. Why should I answer yours when you won't answer mine? Why do you give out your opinions all day and every day are Hamas, and you don't like it are when Hamas somebody pushes it back on are you? Are Hamas a terror group? Yes or well, no? You won't, like, you won't like it when somebody yes pushes no. back on you. What I've said is... I've asked you two questions. Should Hamas stay in power and are they a terror group? You're refusing to answer either. 
either of them. They that is very telling. They and you wonder, it's not very and you wonder why not, people think you had a problem with Jewish people. It's not very telling at all. Right? What is you very wonder. telling is your inability to keep quiet for 30 seconds yeah. to allow anybody I, to answer a on question. On my show, I ask people questions. You shout at people. Normally, they answer them. I, you shout at people. I, no, no, only do. when they won't answer the question. I, you shout at people all the you've time. Deliberately you've not, long time. You've deliberately not answered my question. Piers, I've explained to you how to get rid of a mass. Mm. Are they a terror group, Len? Of, of course, the Thank terror... You. Why can't you say well, that? Hang on, hang mm. on. You've answered it. <laughs> and, and this actually crystallizes what's going on. Why are people calling the pro-Palestinian rallies pro-Hamas? Because they're chanting the same rhetoric from the river to the sea... Palestine will be free. What are you going to do with all the Jews from the river to the sea? Well, the Hamas leaders want the Jews eradicated from the planet. And as I said yesterday, Netanyahu, he does never talk like that. He wants to get rid of Hamas. He does not speak about getting rid of the Palestinian people. But, but there's been a whole lot of propaganda and there's been a whole lot of, of you know, um, misplaced, misplaced uh, disinformation, like taking that disinformation, not understanding the true issue behind all of this. And when I see these universities rising up, when I see Canadian cities, American cities rising up with all of these people that are in support of Hamas, and they, they some of them say it, you know, the reporters, the roving reporters are out there, and I really actually would like to be out there, but uh, the roving reporters are asking them if they support Hamas, and they do, or they can't denounce them. What happened through Hamas? Hamas has been a tyrannical force in the lives of the Palestinians. Anyone with brains, anyone who has lived the Palestinian experience if they are not sold out, brainwashed into Hamas propaganda, they know they're going to be free, much freer without Hamas, who has literally kept themselves in power since 2007 by throwing their opponents that might oppose them off of buildings. These people are, are demonic. They are evil. And they need to be eradicated because otherwise they could kill us. They could kill our children. They could kill our families. And so the fight now, it goes not just being in a, a Middle East fight, but because people like this guy, now that, that looked like a white man to me. The white dude can't call Hamas a terrorist group. Very scary. Very scary. All right. Let's look at another uh, video. Hillel Neuer testifying before the UN about the validity of the Dresden defense. Take a look. UN officials have repeatedly said, yes, 1,400 people were massacred by Hamas, but now thousands of Palestinians are killed. And you know, that argument was made before. It was made actually in the Nuremberg trials when the Einsatzgruppen, the Nazi death squads that moved around in Europe and killed a million Jews and a million others, when they were brought to justice at Nuremberg, one of their arguments was the Dresden defense. Say, yes, uh, we may have done these killings, but you, the allies, you killed civilians when you bombed Dresden and other cities. And that was 
wholly rejected by the Nuremberg Court. The notion that this Nazi defendant was trying to make that the deliberate and purposeful killing of civilians was equal to the taking of civilian lives that is undesired, unintended, and unavoidable was absolutely rejected. Those are completely two different things. The essence of, of civilization is to distinguish between those two. And sadly, at the United Nations, we are seeing this scandalous Dresden defense being brought up again and again to equate the purposeful, deliberate killing of civilians, which is a crime, to equate it with taking a civilian lives that is undesired, unintended, but unavoidable. That should be rejected completely. 100%. And uh, I got this off Barbara Kay's tweet, and I just appreciate that Barbara Kay's got the right end of the stick once again in our country. I appreciate her for her many years of uh, bringing excellent uh, articles and pieces to us through news and media. And uh, so she had that at the end of the day, we'll also do a parody of a BBC broadcast um, on the Israel-Hamas conflict, which has some humor in it, unlike all of the stuff that we've had to see on it since then. Um, okay. Couple more things, please. Uh, Dr. Gupta uh, has been questioned on whether Canada is ready to implement MAID for the mentally ill. Uh, this is an absolute travesty. Can you imagine people that struggle with mental illness and um, trying to bring MAID into them? They cannot always make decisions for themselves. Take a look. My questions are to Dr. Gupta. Dr. Gupta, you said we're ready with respect to MAID and mental illness. I would submit that's tough to accept given what we've heard in the previous hour in which we've heard there's no consensus amongst psychiatrists, only 2% of psychiatrists have signed up for the curriculum program, and there aren't enough resources, but you say we're ready, really. Well, uh, I would submit the heart of the issue, however, is the question of irremediability, whether someone can get better and whether that can be accurately predicted. Now, uh, as you will recall, at page 40 of the expert report, uh, that was issued, that you chaired, uh, it states, quote, there is limited knowledge about the long-term prognosis for many conditions, and it is difficult, if not impossible, for clinicians to make accurate predictions about the future for an individual patient. The evolution of an individual's mental disorder cannot be predicted as it can for certain types of cancers, end of quote. That report was issued in May of 2022. Has anything changed since May of 2022 with respect to that conclusion? So if your question is, is there something different about mental disorders compared to other conditions that can currently access assisted dying now? No, that hasn't changed since May of 2022. And that was exactly the point the panel was making that yes, there are these difficulties and, but these difficulties exist in track two as well. And so if track two can go forward and people can be afforded appropriate protections under track two, the same can occur for mental disorders. It's, it's not just a challenge, it's a criminal code prerequisite uh, in order to qualify for MAID. Uh, and what you have said is that, and you've confirmed it tonight, that it is difficult, if not possible, to predict. And we heard 
testimony from uh, experts uh, when this committee last convened, including from Dr. Mark Senor, who said that the error rate for predicting irremediability could be anywhere from 2% to 95%. In other words, we're flying blind. So in the face of that, how can you say that we're ready? We've quite literally entered a culture of death. And it's disturbing. It's disturbing when death comes by violence, when death comes by abortion, when death comes by killing people uh, legally and, and calling it some sort of, you know, um, kindness to people. Uh, it's, a, it's a bad way. And I'll tell you what those that fight this the hardest understand is that if you don't fight it now, one day, guess what? Maybe you're mentally ill. Maybe you've been in a car accident, something happens. Maybe your child is born with, a, you know, an issue that is deemed, you know, kind of unnecessary, a person that's just dispendable. Maybe you're old one day and now it's your turn as they try to pressure you or even have a date when you shall expire because that's the date that the government and the, I guess, younger ones, not fully anticipating their time, will be telling us that it's our time to go. It's very serious. We need to keep an eye on it. Canadian Pfizer vaccine contract detailing how effects of the vaccine are unknown. Take a look at this. Um, so you'll have to make that large JT, and I'm really going to do my best to read that. Okay. Okay, yeah. So, oh, wow. All right. So um, should I just read the highlighted parts, basically? Yeah. Purchaser further acknowledges, look at this, um, that the long-term effects and efficacy of the vaccines are not currently known and that there may be adverse effects of the vaccine that are not currently known. Further to the extent applicable, purchaser acknowledges that the product shall not be serialized. So, and is there one more? No. Um, so understand that one of the ways that we had that incredible, um, you know, the outing of all of the, the damages was how bad is my batch? People could take the serial number from the vaccine that they had they could go to how bad is my batch and they could compare it with all of the other uh, people that had been harmed, injured, or died from the vaccine. Right, each vial has a unique number. And so it's, it's virtually going to be unable to be traced, I guess, right? Thereby hiding it and taking away even more information that we need to know. So... Pfizer's been getting away with everything, but guess what? Tomorrow, I have an incredible woman who's going to um, dissect this regarding Pfizer, and uh, Karen Kingston will be on the show live tomorrow at 1 o'clock. All right, so uh, one more video, the Dark Horse podcast talking about how the FCC seeks to control the Internet in the U.S. This is coming our way, and it might mean that you won't see me anymore. Take a look. So this is office of uh, statement again from November 6th from the office of commissioner Brennan Carr uh, titled Carr opposes president Biden's plan to give the administrative state effective control of all internet services and infrastructure in the U S 
This unlawful power grab chooses central planning over free market capitalism. So he begins by saying um, Democrats have been uh, in, in charge of the FCC and administrative agencies for 12 of the last 16 years, and they have had lots of opportunity to make changes. And uh, the Biden administration has concluded that uh, where we're at now has not done what needs to be done. And with that, Carr agrees. Um, but of course, he's laying, he's laying those failures at the Democrats' feet, which seems fair, at least given that, uh, that amount of time thought about. Um, he says, among other things, what is this proposed plan going to do? The text of the order, and I did find every single thing that he says is in the order in the original document, so I, I know this is accurate. The text of the order expressly provides that the FCC would be empowered for the first time to regulate each and every ISPs, that's uh, internet service providers, network infrastructure deployment, network reliability, network upgrades, network maintenance, customer premises equipment and installation, Speeds, capacity, latency, data caps, throttling, pricing, promotional rates, imposition of late fees, opportunity for equipment rental, installation time, contract renewal terms, service termination terms, and use of customer credit and account history. And mandatory arbitration clauses, pricing, deposits, discounts, customer service, language options, credit checks, marketing or advertising, contract renewal, upgrades, account termination, transfer to another covered entity, and service suspension. And then in one of the best sentences I've read in a long time, he says, Carr says, as exhausting as it is to read that list, the FCC itself says it is not an exhaustive list. <laughs> Fantastic use of language there. Um, and it's even worse than that. He says, the FCC reserves, and again, uh, I do find this in the source documents, the FCC reserves the right under this plan to regulate both, quote, actions and emissions, whether recurring or a single instance. In other words, if you take any action as a ISP, you may be liable, and if you do nothing, you may be liable. There was no path to complying with this standardless regime. And the draft FCC order says that, quote, we are not explicitly tasked with regulating entities outside the communications industry. Parenthetical aside from Carr, a rare moment of regulatory humility. But it then goes on to say that the FCC will do so in this case nonetheless. Parenthetical aside, the moment passed. <laughs> the moment of regulatory humility has passed. Uh, quoting Carr again, landlords are now covered. Construction crews are now covered. Marketing agencies are now covered. Banks are now covered. The government itself is now covered all newly regulated by the FCC and liable for any act or commission that the agency determines has an impermissible impact on a consumer's access to broadband. Overreach much? So they're just coming after us in every possible way. And senior uh, producer here, Gary, uh, calls this the Stop Joe Rogan bill. Um, th this is basically, they're like, we can't let all these truth tellers keep having all this access to tell the truth. So we've got to find a way to shut them all down. That's where we're going. And they don't want us to know the truth about lots of stuff because one of the, you know, God, God did bless us in spite of all the lies that were told to us repeatedly with, with passion from the authorities who were liars, deceivers, and had taken funds to, you know, to perpetrate the lies. Um, in spite of all of that, what we had, we had a few good men and women. We had a few good people who, res who refused to bow 
to the lies, refuse to accept bribes, very important, and refuse to be cowards when they could see that the science or something or someone was willing to sound an alarm that something is being told to the, to the public at large that is not true. And people like Joe Rogan, and sometimes I think he's a, a little bit too much for me, but you know, you know, with my ears and all of that, but um, people like that were able to just speak the truth. I admire Elon Musk because he's gone against the grain and literally set um, Twitter free, literally helped us to be able to get a message out. Now, for some reason, I think I'm shadow banned on Twitter and I'm not sure why Elon, um, maybe you could look into that. Just if somebody from Twitter is watching right now to make sure that, uh, that I'm not saying anything inappropriate. If you could just pass this, just send a little memo to Elon that I do think that my Twitter is shadow banned. I'm not sure why, because <clears throat> I'm a great person telling the truth like you want us all to. So not sure why, but <clears throat> I mean, what's happened to me on Facebook? I used to get literally thousands and thousands of viewers every day on Facebook, right? Right now, what do we got watching us? 50, 40 people right now, 48 people watching on Facebook. Why? I mean, so could you spread, could you like, subscribe and share right now? Everybody just like help the algorithms to, you know, bypass all of this, get, get this message shared out. So just before we go a little bit of fun, I hope it's okay. I do have a sense of humor. And when Barbara Kay, again, uh, put up this parody of a BBC broadcaster, on the Israel-Hamas conflict. Honestly, I just thought it was so funny. So I want to share it with you. I hope you enjoy it. Take a look. Good evening from London. 39 days after Hamas freedom fighters peacefully attacked Israel, we have now an exclusive interview with its leader, Yihye Sinwar. <laughs> Yes, uh, good evening, Rachel. Good e Let me just uh, correct you. Oh. There were also freedom rapists and freedom butchers. Of course, of course, I apologize. Mr. Sinwar, I understand that you are now working towards a ceasefire. Uh, yes, uh, Rachel, you know me. Wherever there is fire, I say, let's seize it. Oh. All we are saying is give ceasefire a chance. The fire must be seized. Yeah, the situation in Gaza is terrible, Rachel. All innocent civilians are running out of town, so we are left without protection. With no human shield at all. So unfair. So, so unfair. unfair. And our hospitals, Rachel, our, our, our schools, all run out of rockets. Oh. How are we supposed to kill Jews like this? I mean, with lectures. Actually, we've tried that one, didn't work. I plead to the world, we need a ceasefire. We are tired, we need a break. Don't forget, we started a day earlier than the Israeli. So a day earlier. unfair, so unfair. But I understand the Zionists refused to put down the weapons. Yes, can you imagine? Can you imagine all we want is a little time to rearm before we continue to kill them 
and they won't let us. I, I, I'm sorry, Mr. Sinois. I can't hear you. The, all this noise in the background. Yeah, yeah I, I'm sorry, Rachel. There is a, there is a baby here. Uh, could you please get him to be quiet? Yeah, I wish I could. He's not mine, and his mother is in Israel. Never mind. Uh, okay, look, it's really hard to conduct an interview with this noisy kidnapped baby. Is he always like that? Oh, uh, at night, it's even worse, Rachel. <laughs> Every time we fire a rocket, he wakes up. Oh, no. I didn't have one good night sleep in a month. Wait, uh, are you telling me that there is an Israeli baby that's torturing you by sleep deprivation? Yes! Occupying your house! I was! So unfair! So, so unfair. unfair! And the world does absolutely nothing about it. I really hope you'll get a ceasefire soon. Thank you so much, Mr. Sinoir. No, 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 no. Thank you, Rachel. And now, please stay with us for a moment of history. On this day in 1944, heartless Winston Churchill refused a ceasefire and continued the genocidal attack on Nazi Germany. As we well know now, far more German civilians have died in the war, which makes them the victims and Britain the war criminal. <laughs> okay, so, you know, everything's been a little bit serious lately, and uh, I just got... You know, I just thought that it was uh, quite the parody on exactly what's going on. And uh, a lot of misfiring of information. And so I'm very grateful. Um, thank you to a wonderful man who wrote me a very lengthy letter, actually, thanking me for my perspective on history's recent events in our world. And I appreciate that because I've had some of you upset at my stand um but i feel that on this show i'm very committed to one thing and that's getting the truth out there so i hope it's okay that we had a little bit of fun i i just um i just had a good laugh at that ridiculousness even though um when i think of you know all that's happened recently my heart is so grieved and it's a very uh, disturbing era actually of our time and so I do continue to stand with Israel and I do continue to hope that we will uh, see some good outcomes and I I pray this I pray that Israel is set free I pray that the Palestinians are set free from the tyranny of the terrorists and I pray that the Lebanese and and those in Jordan and Egypt that there would be a peace accord that would help uh, everyone so is that it then JT Okay, so, um, all right, we'll begin with uh, ending, and it's lauralyn.tv, and thank you very much for all of those who support us. We're going to end this live broadcast right now. I've got to go to another interview that is waiting, and we thank you very much for your support. Uh, for those that know that we're not paid by any big organization, we don't have somebody huge behind us, no big ministry behind us that is helping us to do what we do, we do it ourselves. And we do it because you, those that like, subscribe, and share, are willing to help us to do it. So thank you very much for that. I want to leave you today uh, with um, 
This is Psalms 37, verse 34. Hope in the Lord and keep his way. Hope in the Lord and keep his way. That's pretty much what we have right now. Um, in a time where hope is waning and people feel uh, a lot of uncertainty and stress because what they see is World War III looming ahead of us. And events of recent times have caused that peaceful feeling to be very far from us. But this is the command of the Word of God that we stand on regardless of what's going on in the world, that we are to hope in the Lord and keep His way. He will, he will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are destroyed, you will see it. I have seen a wicked and a ruthless man flourishing like a luxuriant native tree, but he soon passed away and was no more. Though I looked for him, he could not be found. Consider the blameless, observe the upright. A future awaits for those who seek peace, but all sinners will be destroyed. There will be no future for the wicked. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in times of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. You know, whether you're talking about a personal situation or a world crisis, all of this is true. How many of you know that God has saved you from wicked people in your life? That God rescued you somehow from that relationship that was very difficult? That God stood in the gap when someone was slandering you and trying to demean you and trying to destroy you? How many of you know that God stood as the, the king of justice on your behalf? That is the God we serve. That is the God who will not let us falter. He will not let our foot slip. He will help us to stand strong, even though the battle rages around us. We're all facing personal things right now. Sometimes that financial crisis uh, that you feel that you're going through, that's very difficult. When you lose that job, you know, that you thought was gonna carry you through some rough times. Listen, God is a big God. He knows how to get you hooked up into just the right place. He knows how to, to get the right relationships in place for you so that you are secure, that you are upheld, that you are literally taken care of in a time where there is a storm. So as we look at world class crisis, we trust in this, that the wicked will be destroyed that the ruthless man will not be flourishing in a luxuriant, seemingly endless, you know, sea of safety, but rather that God in his justice, in his way, he will deal with those who perpetrate evil. And he'll take care of you in your own life, and he will take care of us as a nation. We pray that all those who are unrighteous in our own country of Canada, and in the United States, all unrighteousness will be removed and that God will see fit to help us to overcome and will put righteous leaders in. God bless. See you tomorrow. Take care.
You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.